Welcome, everybody, to SCI's First for Hunters podcast. I'm your host, Ben Cassidy, Executive Vice President for International Government and Public Affairs. Doesn't matter where you hunt, what you hunt, or how you hunt, you've come to the right place if you're a hunter. This podcast will give you the latest breaking news on what's happening and what you can do about it to protect your freedom to hunt. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode with the First for Hunters podcast by SCI. I'm here in Nashville with a good friend of mine, Mackenzie Sims. Um, this dude is like a legend in the making. I feel like he's been, gone and done way more than I have, I feel like. And I know we've got some crazy stories that we can share. But um, Mackenzie, welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Trying to do this for a few days and finally got well, it done. you know, I'm not so great with all this like... Yeah technology stuff it seems like so i got it figured out it was my fault <laughs> well it was my fault i bailed on you yesterday no i got lost totally, track of time and i was like oh no man. it's totally fine that actually freed me up to get to run around finally and, yeah. and be with some some of my buddies so it's cool. been good what what do you think so far about the convention best one ever i agree i love nashville it's this is and so i'm not good. just saying that you know it's like i've been talking to all my outfitters all my other right. buddies like nashville is where like I used to, like, SEI used to always be the best, like, in Reno when I was little, and I just, it was just, like, sure. the off factor, you know? Totally. But, like, now it's, like, the atmosphere. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, totally even different. out in town, like, even, like, the random people you walk into that aren't here for SEI, super friendly, super nice. It's clean. Like, you're not dealing with stuff that you get in Vegas or Reno. It's just, you know, it's just the, the atmosphere around is just ten times better. And everyone in here seems, like, to be just happy about it. And the demographic being here is definitely a lot lower. I agree. I agree. I think this is just... Which is what was needed. It was definitely needed. This whole thing's been fantastic, and I think that's been kind of the recurring theme in a lot of the discussion we, we've had with other people so far um, on the podcast. But, uh, man, I'm super excited to, to dig in and, and talk with you because I feel like um, you and I are probably on the younger side of kind of this unique world that we live in as, as hunters because um, we hunt a lot of stuff all over the world and I don't think there's many young people doing that and so I feel like you probably have a pretty inspiring story that I would love to pull out of you and and I don't know that I've actually personally heard it so that's why what makes me even more excited to hear it but like tell me man like because if I'm not mistaken like you hunted the big five before you graduated high school right yeah <laughs> so so let's back way up like where did hunting start for you and then how did it evolve into what it's what it's become today for you? And then I'd love to talk about, you know, just what you're doing as a as an entrepreneur and, and and be able to inspire people. Like you can you can do this stuff. Where there's a will, there's a way. Get creative and you can make your dreams happen. No, hundred so. percent. The if there's a will, there's a way. So, you know, I grew up Evanston, Wyoming, still live there. It's like I say it's Antarctica. <laughs> it's freezing cold all the time. But uh my dad's always been in the oil and gas can, you know, industry and so I was born in 96, and in 98, he started his own business, and, uh, you know, he was got super successful, you know, during, like, the big booms and all that, you know, back in the heydays of the oil and gas for everybody, um, you know, and we would go deer hunting. My dad grew up in Arkansas and Alabama, so he was, you know, bird hunting, shooting deer, running dogs, because that's the thing back in the day, you yeah. know, down there, that was, that's right. how they did it, you know, and, and so he moved to Wyoming, and then met my mom, and obviously then I was born, so, you know, Growing up, I'd go deer hunting stuff, and before my dad even started his own business, before I was, you know, I was, like, I was born, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing anything, my dad would, uh, he would quit his job September 1st, no matter where he worked, and he wouldn't go back till November 1st, and he said, well, either you'll hire me back on or I'll go somewhere else, 
you know, because he loved just to go hunting. But he loves horses. My dad loves horses, so he'd ride around the mountains and just, you know, go camping pretty much and just, you know, screw off for two months. Sounds and, like the life. And shoot, you know, rag horns and cows and stuff because that's what they loved eating elk and deer. And so then I would go with him, and it just got into this thing where every year we'd go hunting all the time for deer and elk. And, you know, when he had his own business, it got like we weren't doing, you know, months at a time, but we'd go up for a couple of weeks, and I'd skip school as much as I could. And it was just... This thing, like, I loved going hunting. I just loved it, like, fell in love with it. I didn't want to do anything but that, you know? Right. And as time went on, like, I was, like, in the fourth grade, and my teacher, he was a big bow hunter, and so we would have show and tell, and I'd bring in, like, sheds and heads and just all this stuff, and he was just like, it was cool. He let me bring all this <laughs> stuff in, and I even missed school for, like, a week, and he didn't even count me as I was gone. That's awesome. He just made sure I did <laughs> the work. teachers like that. Yeah, he was so cool. <laughs> and uh, he actually had a, a girl that was a couple years older than me, she, um, she went hunting with her dad and it was supposed to be a week like a like we get used to get hunting break which was like six days you know that you had off and then she had like two or three days that she was gonna be gone on top of that she didn't come back two weeks later and brought him a note saying sorry but my dad got buck fever so apparently he was missing a lot of <laughs> stuff awesome. so she was gone for two weeks but it was <laughs> so just like great. and this teacher was the coolest teacher ever um but so i just grew up hunting and we'd watch the Outdoor Channel, we'd watch Tracks Across Africa, we'd watch all this stuff, Jim Shockey, and it was just like, man, I want to do that stuff one day, you exactly. know what I mean? And my dad, you know, he, we were really successful and, you know, built a big business, 250 employees, and uh, it got to time, they wanted, my mom and dad wanted to build a log house, um, and so we were, we'd never been to SCI or any of this, but we were at a trade show for building log houses, and we were walking around the, you know, the show, and it was it was like January, February, like showtime. So there was some guys from South Africa that I think were in between two different trade shows. And they just gotcha. built this, you know, two hunting trade shows. So they're just right. like, oh, let's just go to this house one. People are, with, sure. that are buying houses spend money. So, right. And we were walking around. And I was like, oh, these guys are hunting. I want to talk to them. So I just sat and talked to them for a little bit. And I was, man, I was 2000 and that was 2006. So I would have been, I didn't want to, I was like 10, 10 11, 10, 11 like, that. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Trying to do the math. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was 10 or 11, so I was talking to them, and I was like, so how, you know, because Wyoming, you have to be 12 years old to hunt mm -hmm. legally, and I'm like, how old do you have to be to come to Africa? And they're like, well, there's no age limit. You just got to be able to shoot a gun. Your parents have to come with you, and, you know, that's about it. And I'm yeah. like, game. But I was like, Dad, we got to go to Africa. I can hunt. Right. I don't have an age limit. He's like, oh, yeah, you know. I think he was just like, whatever, and then I kept bugging him. He's like, well, if you get the money to pay for the plane ticket we'll go you know because nice. my dad had never he wanted to go to africa but it's like everyone else they come they think that it's just like this most expensive right. only for the one percenters a lot of you misconceptions know, a lot of misconceptions yeah. so he even he even he had it and so i was like game on so i would you know do lemonade stand sell cookies which that wasn't really adding much to my <laughs> my my plane ticket fund but right. i did 4-h and would sell pigs every year and uh during the 4-h sale i sold a pig to a lady that we did business with um and I sold it for twenty eight hundred dollars. Nice. And uh, as soon as I there put it the, is. as soon as I put the pig away, I went and gave that lady a hug and looked at my ass and booked the ticket. We're going to Africa, bud. <laughs> you know, I was just like, I got the money, you know, because it's like twenty eight hundred so bucks awesome. books the ticket, especially back in two thousand six, for sure, two thousand seven at that time. And so, so I sold the pig August two thousand six. Uh, my dentist had been to Africa a few times, so he lined us up with a guy from the Eastern Cape, and it was game on from there. And we went in June of two thousand seven, and then he went back in two thousand eight. And then we both went back in 2009, and then we went and spent 48 days in 2010, and that's when I did my, my wow. big five. Dude, that's an unreal. 48 days. That's yeah. That's a dream right there. 
Yeah, but I was ready to go home at the end of it. Yeah. Like, I love Africa to death, but it was just 48 days straight, yeah. you know. I've done a couple 21 days, and, and yeah, usually by day 16, 17 on both of them, I was like, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, so, I mean, we started in South Africa, and then went to Tanzania, and the elephant was a problem. You know, we weren't finding one that was legal in Tanzania because it had to be, you know, a right. certain size and X length, and so... You know, we weren't finding any legal bulls, and we were trying to make a game plan to go to Botswana, and that didn't work. And then we uh, obtained a permit for the Timbavati, which is adjacent to Kruger. Yep. So it's, you know, one of the only free-range elephant hunts in South Africa. Right. And so we were able to go do that and got it done, and then we adios Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, yeah, it was incredible. like a, a lifetime of memories. And that's when I had a TV show, too, so we were trying yep. to just produce a lot of content for right. that. Right, exactly. Dude, that's so cool. And, I mean, to do all that at, at such a young age is pretty unique. Oh, I yeah, think. I was blessed. My dad spoiled <laughs> it's, well, it's my mom. She wrote all the checks. <laughs> that's awesome. But, you know, that's the only time I got to spend with my dad. Like, when I was yeah. younger, he lived in Oregon for two years working. Oh, wow. And I would see him, like, at Christmas. Wow. So it's like, well, we didn't get to spend a lot of time together. Like, he didn't teach me a lot of sports. We didn't. He didn't go to any of my sports games, like, stuff like gotcha. that. So our time together was always hunting. Gotcha. You know, so that's kind of like some guys, you know, like to say, well, you went hunting. I was like, yeah, but you went and did other things with your dad. Yeah, no, you know, I get You've seen your dad every week. I didn't, so. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Well, that's... That's super crazy, man. Like, and, and how many times have you been back to Africa since? Uh, since, I think I'm going on like 15, 16 safaris. Is that right? Yeah. That's awesome. What, you got anything coming up this year? Yeah, I'm trying to dial some stuff in. I got, there's a few <laughs> critters I need to finish a few things here yeah. for like the award stuff and something yeah. like, and I love Africa, so I could go exactly. over there regardless. We, before the podcast, are we almost got like, now we can get into yeah, okay. it. Because it's like, I, I. I had this constant battle because, like, I love waterfowl hunting. Um, You're the duck man. I, I, when I think dude. of ducks, I think of you. <laughs> it's definitely been, like, one of my biggest passions. But then I really got into the mountain stuff as well. Um, you know, living in Montana, it's hard not to. Yeah. And then chasing ibexes and things like that, which you've, you've done even more than that than, than I have as well. But, like, there's always this draw back to Africa. And it's it's hard to explain to people if they haven't been there. But, like, there's just so much, like, that mystery yeah. on a personal level that you want to go and like you just start peeling back the layers and it's never ending like there's so many different countries so many unique species and experiences and cultures within the continent it's just it's hard not to want to go back all no, the time i love africa like i was just walking around with my buddy harpreet and uh we were looking at doubles and uh yeah it was just like i want to go do all this other stuff and it's just like <laughs> no i just want to buy a double and Hunt buffalo. Yeah, every year. Amen. Like, so all I want to do, That's, like, I, if the one. If, so we're probably going to be in agreement here. But like the one animal, if I could go hunt one animal in Africa every year, it'd be buffalo. It's buff with a double. Yeah. Like it is the ultimate. So hundred percent. I feel like a lot of people say that, and it's it's for good reason. It's yeah. such a cool hunt. Well, so. look at Mr. Alan Smith. Like, yeah, he goes and does it several times a year. Exactly. It's it's a there's a reason for that, you know. For sure, I'm going to uh, Uganda um in april and so oh, dude i'm jealous top of the list yeah well, i should have you go with me on that one i haven't man. gotten to uganda yet me and my buddy tyler were talking about doing that we're like at 25 or 26 oh really yeah well i'm this first trip i'm definitely going on the second one maybe we finally yeah, hook up let's on a trip it. and go i'll let you know how this one goes i'm game for any africa trip same no yeah. I, I even like even re, if it's for species trips. i've already yeah like that's the thing i can go do kudu every time like yep. you know eastern cape plains game I can go do that every year and be just fine. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it's more than the hunt and the species. Like, sure, I'm, I'm close to all these Capra and Ova Slam stuff. I'm close to my North America 29. But, I mean, the few animals that I didn't get when I was younger for the North America 29, I, which I should have got, it's like moose. They're like 45. 
you know, mountain caribou, 20, 30, you know, it's just like the prices have gone up so much. It's like, you know, I I know guys like to do that. But for me, my thing is like, if I want to spend $30,000, I want to spend it in Africa. Yeah. Just because it's like, I get it. It's just all of it together. And I have so many friends in Africa. I want to say like, I have more friends probably in Africa than I do here in America. (laughs) I'm always on WhatsApp texting them. Like, it's just like. (laughs) I love it over there. You know, I'm trying to learn Afrikaans. You know, I'd love to learn Swahili. Like, just, I would love to see Africa from the top to the bottom and just experience everything, like the conservation side of things, the culture side of things. You know, I'd like to do a bunch of the the wing shooting that they have in South Africa. definitely come with me on that, for sure. I would definitely come with that because you know what you're looking for when it comes to places like wing shooting. I don't know anything about that. There's some awesome, awesome spots. I think that's, too, like, I mean, we've kind of danced around it, but like, there's just so much to do there. Oh, you could so hunt Africa your entire life yeah. and not do it at all. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And just from top to bottom, it's yeah. all so different. I think a lot of people, one of the many misconceptions, I think it'd be interesting to talk about African mis- misconceptions, but I think they, in their mind, they picture this entire continent of all kind of looking and feeling the same yeah. and the same animals being everywhere. And it's like, Oh man, it's such a complex uh, ecosystem with dude. differentiation. It's what makes it so amazing. Yeah. But, I think um, there's 14 different diker species. Yeah. I think yeah, it's 14. It's, it's it's crazy. And that's just diker. When you look yeah. at all the tinies, I think it's like 40 plus or something yeah. crazy like that. Oh, yeah. You but, got Sunnis. You got, right. you know, even like you got Orbeez. You got the Sudanese Orby, the Southern Orby. Mm-hmm. You know, you got just the tiny critters in Africa. You could spend oh, it's unreal. 100, like you can spend 100 lifetimes doing all this and might not ever see it because some of these animals are right. so elusive. Yellow back and yeah, all these, yeah. Man, I tried doing a yellow back in Cameroon and that didn't work out. They're, didn't they're even see one suckers yeah yeah <laughs> the only one we found was uh it was dead from poachers really but, bummer yeah crazy crazy well that's that's awesome man like let's let's share some stories because i'm sure and it, going that many times i mean there's so many unique places i mean if i had to if i pose the the question of well what's been your favorite or most memorable hunt in africa so far what what do you think that would be oh dude, that's tough man <laughs> that is tough like i would have to say you know like I'd have to say the 48 day safari, you know, but I was, I was young then. And then I also, you know, I had an accident and I lost a lot of memory from back then too. Gotcha. When I wrecked your bike. And so, but like the most recent stuff would be like the Cameroon trip I did last year. That was, so like a bongo, like I would have to be like strictly honest, like a bongo was like probably one of like the first 10 animals I ever even like seen when I thought about hunting Africa when I was younger, because it's like, um, just like the photo of it's orange it's white it's bright it's in this right. green rainforest material like so i went and finally did that me and a buddy we've been working on it for a few years you know sending some deposits back and forth COVID happened or whatnot couldn't go and then we went and it was like check that off the bucket list it was so fun and like by the yeah. end of the 14 days safari i was ready to get the heck out of there but i'm already ready to go back now right you know because where I live in Wyoming, we don't get any rain. I've seen probably more rain in 14 days than I have in 12 years. You know, it's yeah, just it's a wet place. Over it's there. a wet place. So like Africa, like you know, like for a story, I was we were in Cameroon and we had you know you run the, in Cameroon you do the bongo with dogs. So you find a track in the morning early, and you let the dogs go, and you you know you just follow it, and hopefully you bump the bongo and the dogs take chase. You know, right? And so we bumped into a few bongo on day one. Well, we had one bongo that we were tracking on day one, and the dogs just never could bay it you know never would catch up to it and then it kind of just it was a reoccurring thing none of the dogs were actually working right you know the bongo would get up and run you know like right. one dog would like try to work and so it was like kind of you know disheartening a little bit i was like oh man are we gonna actually get a bongo and it was right. like day day six and we had another 
morning where we got on a track early and we're going, going, going. The bongo jumped up and one dog took off. And I'm like, and by this time, my buddy Tyler had already killed a bongo, a yellowback, shot some other dikers. Uh, I'm like, I'm sitting here with nothing. I'm uh, like, oh, this is cool. I feel like I'm always that guy in camp. Yeah. It never fails. <laughs> and so Ty, so we bumped this bongo and it doesn't work out. So we get back to the road and my pH Dan, he's like, hey, let's go check this last saline, you know, which is a mineral area, Salt Lake. And they have a trail camera on it, and we go down there, and we're walking down this. It's a road that they haven't reopened in several years. So it's still, like, there's no canopy forest above it. It's open, but it's the brush, the underbrush yeah. has grown so thick, it's, like, this tall around us, you know. And so we're walking, and uh, and the trackers are behind us, and they start just freaking out. And Dan's like, we turn around, and he knows they've seen a snake. And we're wondering what kind of snake, because, I mean, you got Gaboon Vipers, you yeah, got Mambas, you got all these. stuff. You got, and it's in the forest. I mean, it's like... you. You don't see it. Right. And so we walked past the snake, and these guys are freaking out. We get back there, and it's like, it's a python. And he's like, and you, in Cameroon, you can hunt a python. Right. Dad's like, do you want to shoot one? I was like, heck yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> day six. We haven't got nothing, but this is exciting, you know. And usually they do it in the savannah in the right. winter, and they dig them out of the holes. Exactly. Yeah. So we were just walking down the road and literally walked within inches of the snake, and we didn't even see it, which means we probably should have paid more attention. Probably. <laughs> and uh, so we get... You know, they kind of get in there, and they start cutting the brush away to get the snake out, and Dan gets this big, big, like, five-foot-long stick, and it has a split in it, and they chop it to where he can just pin its head down, and then I can shoot it. And so we're working on it, and, well, the snake's not really cooperating. Dan misses getting behind the neck, and so we kind of have to reposition while the snake's getting a little upset at this time, so he comes out. And <laughs> we're all sitting there, and I got a video of it, and the trackers just disperse. Like, these guys, when, when any hint of danger in Africa is around, the trackers are gone. They're gone. You'll never see That's them. when you know that it's about to get real. Yeah, the trackers <laughs> disappear. They're like, doof, gone. And then so this big python strikes at Dan, strikes Jeez. at me. It's all on video. I'm My camera guy, me, are like, we're, you're against the wall, though, because it's yeah. like this force is so thick. We're against the wall, and I bail with the trackers, and Dan's like, I got it, come back. So I get back there, and we shoot it. But, I mean, that was. That's crazy. It was probably one of the wildest things I'd ever seen. <laughs> like, this, and I mean, the snake was like. 16 just just shy of 17 feet that's unreal. giant you know what i mean massive. and as fast as that thing can move for how big it is it was like no like this is yeah. scary <laughs> like so crazy. and then we ran to a boom viper during that hunt too and yeah. we got that but it was just like that was like one of the like holy crap moments you know right that's so cool pretty crazy have you uh ever had any like close calls with some of the more dangerous game yeah so on the 21 days so far well i did 21 days in tanzania during that 48 trip and so we were doing buffalo and you know, a lot of time back in the day, guys would say, you know, you load up with a soft on top and then solids afterwards, yep. you know. Yep. And so my thing was, and my dad always said, you don't really need to do that as long as your shot placement is good. You know what I mean? So we would just load softs mm -hmm. because it's all about shot placement. No matter right. what animal, it's shot placement. And so, and again, you know, you get in those herds, you know, you can't, it's not ethical or safe to take a, set, a shot with a solid sometimes right. because there's buffalo everywhere exactly. or other game. So I shoot this buffalo and the, the pH was telling me, wait, 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 because he thought I had a solid in. Uh, and they they went off and they went you know about 400 yards and laid down and we stopped you know got back in on him and uh the bull was laying down we got like 30 yards from it and i shoot it again he stands up and he turns he doesn't know where like he just knows something's going on he's obviously getting shot and he turns and he kind of comes towards us at an angle to our left and then he uh and then he i shoot him again and at that time he knows he sees us moving you know yeah. trackers are dispersing like right. we talked about a minute ago when shit's hitting the fan trackers are They're gone, gone. Yeah. and so this bull sees all this movement commotion he looks at us and he picks his head up and like you know gives you that look and as soon as he went to come i framed him right but it was just like that was probably the only like 
real intense moment yeah. I've had. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it was a charge, but it was like at it the point there. where, you know, he knew what was going on. Sure. You know? Yeah. They can, they can take so much and then it's oh. like, man, now we're, now we're really in a tight spot here and somebody could get hurt. You yeah. Be careful. So. Well, and it's, and it's like they say, the dead ones are the ones that kill you. The right. ones that you think you're dead exactly. don't pay any attention to exactly. it, you know? And so that's my one close call. Yeah. If you want to call that a close call. No, I mean, I feel like you could really call them all close calls. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because, you know, to your point, like, they're so tough. And, you know, if, if you're not being careful and not really paying attention, have a good pH and trackers with you, mm -hmm. like, um, you may think that you're safe and you may be thinking, okay, it's time to go recover. But, like, you never know. They yeah. can jump up. And I, I've talked to guys that, where that's happened and they just get nailed. And luckily they, they were okay. But, like, yeah, you just – you never know. Yeah, so. it's, you know, you just not, you know, hunting in Africa, either it either sticks you, bites you, runs you over, type of deal. You know. That's it. There's a yeah. lot of ways to get hurt or die. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Which makes it part of the adventure. That's part of the adventure. That's all yeah, of it. You know, I just agree. to experience all that and just to me, Africa. I can go on for days about how I love it <laughs> because it's just like the, there's so many different unique things. You could hunt Tanzania. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the Salu, you got the Rungwa, you got the Maasai land. You got so many right. different areas within a country that it's just like. Look at the endless options. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and, it, and each one has its own unique experience. 100%. And it's just, it's just the, the number of adventures that any single individual could really have there is, is amazing. And I think that's what most people go back and, and, and that's why they keep going back for more. I, I have all these conversations with clients that I've set up on their first trip over. And they're like, yeah, it's like finally, let's like, okay, I'll go try it. And without fail, they're trying to plan their second trip back yeah. after after that first one. They're hooked. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and then all of a sudden you do all the stuff in South Africa. And then, well, maybe I'll go to Zambia and try some new species there. Zimbabwe or Mozambique or Botswana and Tanzania, Uganda, Ethiopia, on and on and on. It's just like you can't get enough. Well, now they got Morocco open. Now yeah, they're doing the, the exactly. Ibex and Sudan. Like it's like there's a lot of things. Yep. You know, Africa changes. You know, yep. things close, things open. It's always changing, you right. know. And, like, I've been to Africa, like I said, 15, 16 times, something like mm -hmm. that. And I've, I've done a lot of species. I have my Africa 29. But I even have a spreadsheet. I still have 100 species. Yeah. Africa has the most right. diversity of species to hunt. I still have 100 species left to hunt in Africa. It's so crazy. You could, like, it's the number one place for number of game, number of areas. Like, Africa does win in every category oh, as far as the, the diversity and adventure part of it. Absolutely, without question. And that's why I, I tell people, like, Africa is my favorite continent to go to. It's the one place that I definitely go to once or twice a year, if not three times in yeah. some cases. I was going to go twice this year, but um, I got my wife pregnant, so going once this year. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll you're go going to Uganda, though. I'm going to Uganda. So it's so. kind of like a – it's well, they call it the, you know, like the jewel of the pearl of the Africa. pearl of Africa, yeah. yeah. So that one's going to be definitely worth it. But um, So you, you mentioned, like, so you, you think you've got around 100 species left. I'm curious – because I, I keep track of this stuff too, especially on the, the waterfowl side and, and, and doing better on the big game side. But how many species worldwide, even outside of Africa, are you at right now? And, and what do you have a goal that you're trying to get to? Or is it just chasing one adventure after the other, combination of both? What What is it? It changes every day, like <laughs> the goals and especially here For at the sure. convention. It's well, like it's, yeah. daily. It's like I a mean, drug addict walking it's, into a crack house. It's it, like, ah. Yeah, it's exactly. No, it's different. Like every five minutes, it, my goals change here. But I got probably like 80 species i think total yeah, nice. which isn't it's a lot but compared to some of these guys it's nothing i mean we we get the award banquet yeah. yeah yeah so like dude just the some of these people have been 
just been able to accomplish so much. It's, it's oh, incredible. It's nuts. And I talked to a guy, um, I've, I've hunted with him in Kyrgyzstan and Turkey for Ibexes. Um, he's never entered anything, but like, do you know Lee Friend? I've heard of him. Yeah. I said, man, Lee, do you have, how many species are you at? He's like 350 plus. I was like, are you ever going to enter anything? He's like, nah. That's cool. It's, it is cool. Yeah. You got to respect that. Yeah, that's super cool. And, and he's just chasing one thing after another. He's, and, and, and the bird stuff, just as much, if not more. Really? Upland and waterfowl. That's it's just cool. crazy. Well, it's like uh, uh, Brad Black that won the, mm-hmm. the Weatherby this year. Yeah. All those butterflies that he's collected on all yeah. these hunts. Like, just like the like crazy. that's just a whole nother level you know it's just like again it's like i love like the awards program i think is phenomenal right but a lot of people put a bad name on it yeah. because it's, it's awards not, it's not understood no to me it's not the awards it's uh what the guy or gal did mm-hmm. to get there because there's a yeah. lot of work you know you got to work hard for your money you got to work sure. hard to go on these trips some of these guys and gals have been you know like i was in uh ethiopia with Rini snyder and she'd been to iran like three times without even going hunting because you yeah. couldn't get the visas to get wow. like the go- permits and all this wow. like that's the thing it's like there's a bunch of different things that go into these awards that's my thing is like i think i want to chase all these awards like it's not the the awards it's like the species ever right. but then again like this morning i go look at doubles with harpreet i talk about tanzania it's like <laughs> Okay, back to Africa. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, I want to finish my 29. I want to yeah. do all this stuff. But it's like, the problem is I love Africa so much. And I'm yeah. still young. But right. I feel like I got to, like, get things done. For sure. Daily. Like, I have to be, I can't, like, I don't picture, like, life doesn't last forever. I've had a lot of yeah. close family friends pass, you know, even younger age people. And it's like, you're not guaranteed. So you just do what you can sure. when you can. Absolutely. No, I, Make I, it work. I totally agree with that. And I think... I think this is why it's such an interesting conversation with you because um, I think I'm about eight, nine years older than you and, and, and you've been doing this really. I mean, I started hunting when I was seven too, but like you've been playing on the international side longer than, than most of us get the opportunity to and you've accomplished a lot um, and still have a lot left to, to be able to go and do. But I think what I respect most about you, Mackenzie, it's like, yeah, your, your dad was pretty successful, but like you're out on your own as an entrepreneur finding your own success to be able to do these things now. Um, I would love to talk to you more about that because I know you've you really differentiated your your portfolio and what you're Try doing. Try to, yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm my, trying to do the same thing. Like so. my dad, I, like I said, he's been super successful. You know, he has made quite a bit of money in the oil and gas construction thing. Then he does he does his big thing is third red resources. Cool. So he does pretty well in that as well. But you know, he got into the real estate and then 08 happened. Yeah. And he's never been back into it since. Mm. And because he got burned, they've lost they lost a lot of money. And, you know, right. he's older, so he just he sticks to the old kind of the older ways. And yeah. so, but my thing is, is I've lost money doing a lot of things, but I don't consider it as a, a failure. It's a learning right. experience. Absolutely. And it came kind of at a you know some of these come at a little stinger, heavy price point, but it's a learning experience to do yeah. things like I've owned a gym, I've done a bunch of different things. You know, I've just. I've been into doing things and trying things because it's like I my thing is I know people say money can't make you happy but when you don't have any money you're not happy. <laughs> I'd rather be have a lot of money or you know have the things to be able to fund a family, fun, sure. do the things I want to do and have a a good lifestyle because you know money does get you a long ways and things and so being an entrepreneur trying to do things is a part of it and like i love the struggle of it yeah. i love trying like yeah. okay how do i make this work you know like i right. i do a lot of things myself i build my websites myself and just like how do you learn things you learn so much doing this and that's why i love coming to this convention because there's some guys here that oh, have, yeah. have killed it in a bunch of different industries mm-hmm. 
and it's just like I want to, you know, and it's like I want to go back to the thing about giving back, you know what I mean? Because you, you can't just keep take take, you know. You got to right. get back. I want to be able to say I've done this. I I want to do stuff like Dan Cabela, like the Twenty Four yeah. Lion projects. I, it's more than just the money aspect. Right. It's what you can do with it. Absolutely. What and legacy you're leaving behind? Yeah, I want to build yeah. a legacy to leave behind me, and it's just like. It's. I love business stuff. I love trying new things. I want to get deeper into real estate. You sure. know, like cause I have buddies that are real successful with that. But I want to build our business back up to what it was and even bigger. Add different, you know, sure. thing, avenues into there. It's just all about, you know, I can't stop. I just love right. the chase of it all. It's the grind, it's, man. It's the same with hunting. Like it's not the wards. It's like, it's the journey on it. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. Being able to in, enjoy. The good, bad, and ugly of that journey along the way. Oh, yeah. Like it, there's loop de loops, there's ups, there's downs, and to your point, yeah, I mean, like that—that's how you learn. If you oh. if you haven't had opportunities in your life to experience the bad and 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 have to go through those struggles, like it's going to limit your your success in the future, in my opinion. Like you, I think it just—it's the refiner's fire, iron sharpens iron, whatever you want to, yep. you know, call it. But it. it it allows you to find more success through those learning opportunities and hundred percent. It's, it's critical in being successful. I mean, everybody I've ever talked to that, you know, has done well for themselves, um, in their careers. It's, there's always that one or two things that was a turning point in their life yeah. that changed their mindset or opened up new opportunities, but they had to experience the struggle through it before they could come out on the other side and find that success. Well, it's like they say, pressure makes diamonds. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. And I'm hopefully the pressure point's been over for me. <laughs> hopefully the diamond comes out soon. <laughs> so I still waiting for that too. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that. I feel like I get close and it's like, oh, wait, back to reality. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, it's even like, it goes into the hunting aspect of things. It's like, all these guys that are even successful, like deer hunters, like especially yeah. you got like guys like Jason Carter and these guys that do all these. Right. Those guys, there's a lot of, there's a lot of down days Sure. towards that 240 inch mule deer yeah you know what i mean there's a lot of tag soup there's a lot of days sitting on the mountain not seeing anything right. it's all all aspects of life all are the same sure but whether it's business trying to be successful in business trying to hunt you know like no matter what you're doing it's all the same fundamentals like right. a lot of guys say it's the same amount of time and effort and work that it takes to make a hundred thousand as it does to make a million right like a lot of these guys it's like there's no extra it's just the same consistency of it or the same thing about hunting like you know what i mean like, especially if you're because I don't know much about the waterfowl scene, but, like, to be successful waterfowlers, like all these guys, they're scouting properties. Oh, yeah. You know, they're putting a in a lot of, of legwork. You know, I mean, there's a lot of work involved. Sure. So it's all the same to me. And it's like, only these younger kids that want to do this, like, even, like, you know, just tr go out there and just do what you can, right. man. Start learning. Just start. Do, take any opportunities you can. Sometimes you got to work for free for a little bit. But yep. sometimes those are the biggest opportunities you get because... Um, like I went to a business conference and this guy, he was, uh, you know, working under, you know, Walmart and was doing some, um, book analytics for him and stuff and, uh, ended up meeting Sam Walton one day and ended up working personally for Sam Walton. That's cool. And now he's a CEO and all this, wow. of, uh, Sam's club. That's so cool. So, yeah, I mean, you just have to, I don't know. I, I feel like I've had people ask me before, you know, how do I, how do I get into the hunting industry? How do I make a career in the hunting industry? Or how do I get to go on and do all these hunts? And it's, it's like, man, like you, you, you got to realize you, there's, there's a lot of luck in it, but there's a yeah. way more hard work and sacrifice yeah. and just, you got to stay the course. None of this happens overnight. You got to grind it out. Um, you got to suffer a little bit and, and, and yeah, man, like I think once you've, once you've gone through that process the right way, there is no quick and easy fix. You got to, you got to run through that process and, and learn from it. And, and then you start to find that success and you can build off of that. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. It's like, you know, 
same thing like younger guys like oh how do you make money in the hunting industry it's like well to be honest with you bro <laughs> you don't you don't <laughs> so get a job that actually produces money you For know sure. it's like all these a lot of guys say oh do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life it's like yeah. well that's true to some point right. you know what i mean to do the things like especially like younger guys that want to do the 29 you know chasing right. that stuff's getting so expensive man it's like tough. you gotta you gotta work at something to support what you love mm-hmm. and like hunting's what i love so it's like I got to do you know, right. oil and gas construction. I got to try and invest. I got to buy these other companies. Like I got to try sure. to do something. Sure. But then again, I still always try to do stuff. Like I love like helping outfitters out like t- with social media. Like I'm, you know, I don't do like all the ads and stuff. I don't know how the, to do the marketing side like you do, but I know the whole posting, like how to help sure. them learn. Cause a lot of these guys, they're not businessmen. Yeah. They're hunters. Yeah. They are hunters yeah. and they, they're, they don't know they're stone. They're hunters, man. And that's what they do best. So it's like just showing them how to help them like, you know, how to put a story on Instagram, how to add the link, you know what I mean? Like little things like that, you know, because yeah. that's what they don't know. But it's like, like just go out there and freaking grind, man. Exactly. Just kill it. No, I love it, dude. Well, um, what, uh, just to kind of wrap it up, I mean, so you've got some cool trips coming up. What, uh, what are your top three, like, I know we've talked a ton about Africa, but like top three trips that you're you're just at the top of your bucket list right now that you still need to check off. Like, so, what are you going after? So the top three that I would have, like Lord of Reeland, that's number one because it's obviously it's Africa, but it's like one of those animals. It's like yeah. the pinnacle of spiral horns. Like yeah, that is that is the one. Yeah, and so yeah. I've got, you know, I've shot a mountain yala bongo. Like I've been super fortunate, sure. you know, lucky and all this, but uh, just like that's the one thing in Africa. And then if I had to, you know venture out and things that i just wanted be a mark on a high altar galley man those are both fantastic ones to have at the top of the list yeah which mark or i don't so this is i would either have to do a bacaran or um a cashmere yeah it's cashmere awesome those are the two i would actually probably go to the bucaran yeah because they're kind of a happy medium between a lot of the other ones and i don't know it's just I don't. I don't know, man. It's hard, but I would pick yeah. between those two. I think, too, like with with all of those species. Just if you think about the the journey and the culture experience around pursuing those. Oh yeah. I mean, I would I would just tag along on those just to have that much of the enjoyment. Oh, hundred like, percent. Just because there's such amazing places and people that are associated to to going after those those yeah. three species. So no, hundred um, percent. What about really you? Cool. Um, what would be your ooh, three? I asked that question trying to put you on the ropes and now i have put zero thought into it um gosh for myself um ooh, i would say that altai or gali in mongolia would be pretty high on my yeah. list um it's definitely in the top three i feel like in africa right now um bongo's probably mine that one's all the same thing i mean it's such a such a cool animal and just you know you, you hear about people suffering in that jungle and trying to find one it's it's a tough hunt um and, and it's difficult in a lot of other ways that maybe some people aren't accustomed to um and geez third on the list i may have to throw a duck in there yeah is there, <laughs> is there a species of duck that you yeah, man so um there there's there's a few and that's why it's hard to choose one but um if i had to sit there and say like one today um there's a gargany teal. Okay. Where's that at? Azerbaijan. Oh, cool. And so, and, and there's some really cool ducks out there, but like, again, it, it goes back to experience and, you know, in Azerbaijan, these guys have like these 
you know, handcrafted wooden canoes they've carved out and cool. make their own little weird duck calls and do a lot of mouth calls. And it's just these crazy looking marshes and lakes in the mountains of Azerbaijan. And so just being able to hit the timing right on the migration of those birds and, and have that experience would be pretty awesome. So. Yeah. See, I, I love, I love hearing this because it's like, <laughs> that's another expensive hobby to get into. And it's not even a hobby. It's a passion. It, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's just like the, like you said, they just to see the way they work and do that stuff. Right. Just, it's, it it's makes cool. me want to go back to Azerbaijan just to do the ducks. I know. I, ex exactly. I mean, there's a lot of places that, because not always do the seasons align either. So it's like, oh, well, yeah, I can go and, um, I can go and hunt, um, uh, her in Azerbaijan, but the season doesn't coincide with waterfowl season, the mm -hmm. best time to go. So it's like, yeah. it's almost kind of cool though. Cause it's like, well, now I have an excuse to go, go at a different time of the year yeah. and, and get a second and third trip into that country. So, um, that's kind of the way I look at it too. But yeah, we need to, we need to do an Africa trip together one of these days. I'm down. You just um, say when and I'll figure we'll, it out. We'll make that happen. And then definitely some waterfowl stuff. Yeah. Give me in the birds, man. I want to, I'm, I'll always do birds. So for sure. If, if I ever get a fishing addiction, that's where this thing's going to be like, I did. I, I'm trying to stay away from that because I think the fishing thing is probably a hundred times worse as far as just the addiction and oh, that all stuff gets expensive the different species. Too. Yeah, but some super cool stuff in that realm too. But man, thanks for coming on. This yeah, has been awesome. Yeah, no, I I'm super excited to see what you continue to do. Um, I think you know you're inspiring for for a lot of guys that that want to try and do it at this level and having success and running their own businesses and seeing dreams realized i think that's that's everything i had a lot of people tell me growing up oh you've got these crazy dreams that'll never happen and i started to believe that and then started to prove myself wrong mm -hmm. and it's a gratifying moment and yeah. I, I feel like you're somebody who gets that so oh, yeah, never never doubt your dreams all because no. if you doubt your dreams and you know if you set your dreams so small you're never going to get anywhere you know always be chasing the dream like a higher dream too and if you get close to achieving that one, move that dream up higher. Exactly. You know, whether it's raise buying a house, buying a car, buying a hunt, whatever it is, always raise the bar. I love it, man. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for being on, dude. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate um, it. We should probably go have some fun, walk around the floor, find another hunt. Yeah. <laughs> go experience what SCI is all about. Exactly. I love it, man. Well, thanks so much. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Right, appreciate bye. it.